Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. I want to take this, this day in our anniversary to recast the vision of our church. You guys can bring me down a bit. Because the Bible says without vision, we perish. Without vision, we begin to now just exist. Without vision, it's, we become religious. Without vision, we just live through life aimlessly. So I believe from time to time it's important to recast the vision, to have a new focus. Because the vision for the church is also the vision for your life. God has a plan for your life. And a vision without execution is just wishful thinking. A lot of people say things like, I wish life would get better. Oh, I wish my marriage would get better. Well, you can wish all day long. You need to have a structure and a focus and a drive to see your vision come to pass. So we didn't get here by accident. We didn't get here by mistake. It's been because we've been driven by a vision. We've been driven by the passion to see the will of God being done in our lives. We didn't come here to to compete. We didn't come here to mirror anybody. We came here to be exactly who God calls us to be. And we're seeing exactly what God said we would see. So I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The verse here is the verse who has become the, 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 the life verse of this church. But I'm going to begin uh, a couple of verses before that in chapter 5, verse 15. The Bible says this. He says, he, speaking of Jesus, died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. One time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How different we know him now. And this is the life verse of this church. Verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. If you have new life in Jesus, can I hear you make some noise in this place? Which is a great name for a church, by the way. New life. Oh, I love it. New life. You know, the Bible says never despise the day of small beginnings. Everything starts somewhere. And for us, like I said, it was in our living room praying and believing God for what he would do here. And it's been a journey to get to this point. You know, and you have to believe before you see. You know, you, that's what faith is. You know, faith is believing before you even see the things that you want to see. And to be honest with you, I believe we're singing exceedingly above we can ever ask or think. Like what God has done has exceeded our expectations of what this five years would look like. But it takes, it takes passion. It takes drive. It takes groups of people who say, I no longer live for myself. I live for Jesus and I live to build this church. And so we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for people who have sacrificed so much over the years 
And I was really, you know, thanking and praying for, for all of you and, and thanking God for all of you who have sacrificed so much. I remember the days where the church was literally just three front rows to sit, three front rows of people, and I couldn't look to the left or right. It was depressing because it was just <laughs> chairs, you know, but praying really hard that we would grow. And then next thing you know, it was five rows. The next thing you know, it was, you know, a few rows. Next thing you know, we're like, oh, maybe we can open the sides. And we started opening the sides. Next thing you know, we're like, oh, the balcony now has people. And, and God keeps doing it, keeps adding people. And... So it's been, it's been an incredible ride of believing God for more. You know, I remember when we, we launched the church, uh, it was the same time that Time Magazine had come out with an article. And the, the, the title of the article was, uh, Hey, America, Meet Your New Sodom and Gomorrah. And they said, these are the two least Bible-minded cities in the entire nation. And at the bottom, it was, it was a tie between Providence and New Bedford. Right? And how cool is it that at the same exact time, God said, go there and launch a church. And I love that, man. You, when you're on an adventure with God, you're going to do things that normally you wouldn't do. It makes absolutely no sense for us to pick up our family and, and, and start a church in a place where they say is desolate. Nothing happens there. You know, you've heard the, 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 the jokes about New England is the frozen chosen and all those different things. And nothing good can happen there. But guess what? God loves to confound the wise. God loves to change things. And God, I, I believe God loves underdog stories. That's why we love the story of David and Goliath. You know, the shepherd boy going against this 10-foot Goliath. You know, and God's like, watch this. I think God is in heaven going, watch this. Wait, they said nothing good can happen to Bedford. Watch this. Watch what I'm about to do. All it takes is faith, my friends, to see the will of God being done. Not just corporally, but individually. God has a plan and a purpose for each one of our lives. But it starts with being faithful. Jesus said, if you, have, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. Ever seen a mustard seed? If I had a mustard seed up here, you wouldn't see it. It's that small. But if you ever see a mustard seed grow, it's a, it's a huge plant. Right? It's a huge tree that develops over time. That's why I tell you, you're in sowing season now. So don't despise the day of your sowing season for what God's about to do in your life. Can you say amen? So, so each church, my friends has a unique DNA to it. God gives the local church a unique DNA. In other words, there's a unique thing that God wants to accomplish through each and every local church. That's why he has more than one in every city, because he's trying to get to everyone, right? And, and so for us, from, from, from very early on, the, the mandate that we felt that God put in our hearts to do is to establish a new normal in this region. That was from the beginning, as we would... Literally drive through the city and praying and believing God for what he was about to do. He said, you're going to establish a new normal in the city. You know, I was just telling someone that before we had a place to meet, before we had people, I would just drive from Rhode Island to New Bedford. Just drive around. Okay, God, what do you want to do here? Just drive into every... You know how I found Keith Middle School? Was driving around. You know, one day I drove by, I was like, oh, this school looks pretty new. And I came in, and I met the principal, and then they sent me to the school department, and I was like, I don't know if you guys do this, but I'm looking to rent the place. We didn't even have anybody yet. 
Okay, and I said, you know what, we will have to rent it and, and just do some interest meeting and see if people are interested. And they're like, oh, we can do that. And, and so that's how you walk by faith. You, 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 you literally tell God, here's what I want to do. You know, and so that, that is the process that has been in our hearts and our minds. You know, when I say a new normal in this region, it's a compound meaning there that I want to take a moment today to kind of talk to you about because I think you need to know what you're part of and what we're trying to accomplish. You know, that this new normal comes from what Jesus said here, that anyone who is in him is a new person, right? And if you are new to, to, to Christianity, you have to understand that it's a journey, it's a process, that you don't establish something new overnight, you establish it over time, right? But there's no new without letting go of the old, right? And so he says, the old is gone, the new has come. And so I, I see this process being like a birthing process. You know, all you ladies in the house who have had the privilege of birthing a baby, you guys are superheroes because it's intense. My respect for women, especially for my wife, Went through the roof when I saw our kids being born. I, I was there for all five, and every single time I was like, OMG, this is crazy, and I love you. Because, fellas, let's be real, we could not do that. We just could not. Can we have some honest guys in the house? Like, I don't care, grab the biggest thug that you know. Give him one contraction. He's going to cry like a baby. Okay, I don't care how tough you think you are. Okay, one contraction, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. You know. You know, um, I was talking to Elijah about that this week because Mariah is pregnant. She's going through that process right now. And I told him, I said, listen, it's going to be one of the most horrific Gross, amazing, supernatural, shocking experience of your life. You know, all those things happen all at once. Right? All those emotions are going through your mind and heart. And I said, here's the key. You just have to let it happen in your mind. Don't let it come out of your mouth. <clears throat> all you need to say in the moment as you're going through like, oh my God, this is crazy. I'm about to lose my mind. I might faint. The only thing that needs to come out of your mouth is, you're doing great, honey. <laughs> doing great, honey. You're doing great. I say, you don't need to go to no coaching class. Just say, you're doing great. Grab a leg and say, you're doing great. <laughs> doing, doing great. That's all you have to do. You know, but, but life is a, is a series of births. You know, and to birth the church and to birth this new life, that's what it takes, right? You're going to go through the contractions and you're going to go through the birth pains and, and you're going to go through the changes that happens in your body. And that's not just a physical thing. That's a spiritual thing. A lot of times people have told me, like, I gave my life to Jesus. Why is everything seems to be going out of place? It's like, no, you're in the process of birthing the new you. And so you got to hang in there and let him bring the new you out of you, you know, but, but there's no new without letting go of the old. And if your physical body knows how to do that, which is fascinating, by the way, I don't know how people say there's no God. It's like, how does your body know how to create a person? 
Like, it's fascinating to me. Like, your body knows what to do. Mariah didn't have to tell the body, hey, we're having a baby. The body told her we're having a baby. You know, and it's amazing to me that spiritually speaking, it's the same thing. God is trying to birth something new out of you. And he's telling you, get ready. I'm just going through the contractions, the birth pains. But guess what? There's a new you that I'm trying to birth in the process. And that's what it takes to birth a church. It takes going through the pains, the growing pains and the battles and the struggles and, and the miscommunications and, and people saying stuff and all that stuff. But you know, man, I, I am pregnant with the church right now. I don't have time to be focusing on anything else but continue to put my head down and believe God that this baby is going to be a blessing and is going to help so many people. So the new normal comes when you let go of the old. Right? And so you have to stay focused. You have to stay committed to know that, listen, this is about to go somewhere. Yeah. He said, it's almost like going through a demolition process. The demo process has to take place. If you guys can go to that slide for me of the new normal. But there's a demo process okay, for us to get to the new person. This birth process begins when you make Jesus the leader and savior of your life. I pray we understand this church that following Jesus is not an addition to your life. It's a new life. It's a, it's a process. Listen, here's the mistake we make. We think, oh, I'm trying to do my life better. No, you need a demolition of the old to have a new. So you can't add Jesus to the old because it's not going to work. Jesus said you cannot put new wine into old wineskins because what, what the wineskin is going to do is gonna, it's going to rip the skin off. And that's what needs to take place. The old has to die for the new to start. So there's a demolition process that needs to take place. It's like going and taking a house and rehabbing a house from, from, from square. And starting all over again. That's the process that needs to take place. And that's why a lot of times we have this friction between the old and the new. Because there are still some old mindsets and some old lifestyles that need to die in order for the new to come. So you can't have the two. got to make up your mind. A lot of times the reason why we don't see the fullness of God's will is because we're still messing with the old and trying to go into the new. you got to make up your mind. You can't have both. Right? And, 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 so, and so the new starts with a new identity. You see, the, our world talks a lot about what you do. God's first concern about who you are. Right. Who you are determines what you do. Okay? And so it's not about, you know, I, I, you know, because a lot of times when you talk to people, they're like, oh, yeah, I was catechized and baptized. It's like, yeah, but that's stuff that you did religiously. But what's going on in your heart? Is there a new person in you? Is there a transformation that's taking place? Because this walk with Jesus is a transformational walk. It's not an addition. It's, transform- it's an inside-out job that the Holy Spirit does to bring about the new person he created you to be. So God is first and most concerned with who you are first. Because who you are then determines what you do. Come on, catch that revelation. Who you are determines what you do. Because you can stop doing something, it doesn't mean you stop being you. The battle sometimes is that we put too much stock into what we do. And then, and then we get depressed when we lose ourselves because we stopped doing something. Or because someone stopped dating us or because someone stopped looking at us. And now our identity is into the wrong things. Our identity needs to be in Jesus. 
Right? He is the one that gives us identity. He's the one that says, I created you good, and I'm trying to redeem you, and I'm trying to mold you and shape you into the person that you were forced to be in the first place. Can you say amen? amen. So then, then it needs to a new purpose. Because he says, listen, if you are in Jesus, what happens? Now you have a new purpose. You don't live for yourself anymore. You live for Jesus and for his will. Right? But if that new identity doesn't happen, you're always going to bump against the new. Because the new purpose is not selfish. It's selfless. Right? The new purpose is not me, myself, and I. The new new purpose is, is we. Right? The new purpose is not what can I get out of it. The new purpose is God, what do you want to do through me? How you want to work through me? That's the new purpose. That's why he says, I, I, I birth churches because together we can do more. That's why one of our core values is we're better together. Right? And so, and so new life, new normal means new identity, new purpose, and then leads to new destiny. In other words, we know where we're going. And we know that we're just passing through. We know that this is not home yet. We know that we're foreigners. We're aliens, the Bible says, in this journey. And so we don't set up camp here. We just say, God, what do you want to do in us here and through us so we can bring about the revelation of your kingdom on this earth? So we pray his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we never retire from doing his will because retirement is for people who don't know they have a better destiny to come in the future with him. So there's always a newness of life, right? If you get caught up on, man, I used to be on fire for God, and, and I used to do this. It's like, wait, 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 time out, time out. What happened? There's no used to. It's a continuation of life. It's a continuation of purpose, a continuation of his destiny in us. And, and because we know how good this is, we want others to come alongside of us. That's why we have this mandate to establish a new normal in this region. See... My prayer for us in five years is to not get stagnant. It's to not get complacent. It's to not think we arrived. One of the prayers I'm already praying in advance as we get ready to go into this building is, God, I pray we don't get here and think we arrived. Because, my friends, we haven't done nothing yet. I think God has so much more that he wants to accomplish through us. Did you know this? There's about 100,000 people in New Bedford. I think we have work to do to reach more and more people for Jesus. Can you say amen? So, so you have a vision, you have a mission, but then you need to have structure. You need to have structure. See, I was talking to someone the other day. I'm like, how are you going to have a good year if you don't have a structure for a good year? I think the prayer and fasting time is, is when God gives you wisdom. And he gives you now Foundation, And then he gives you revelation to say, okay, here's how you're going to spend this year. So you can look back at 2019 and say, man, look what the Lord has done in my life. Right? And so there's got to be structure. And for us, this is our game plan. This is what we want everyone to experience when they come to new life. This is our game plan right here. If you guys can go to my next slide. So we, we believe in seven key steps, right, in being part of the church. And today I'm approaching this message like you're part of the staff because you are. God has is, God is blessed you to be here, not just to be here, but to help see this mission come to pass. Can you say amen? amen. And, so, and so if you look at this, right, it's seven steps, right? For us, the first thing is we always want to be a church that is welcoming, right? We want to be a church that, here's what we say. We say 
the message begins in the parking lot. Right? The message does not begin with the pastor. It begins with the ministers in the parking lot who are greeting people, who are making sure everyone feels like they're part of something. Because you don't have to believe what we believe to belong here. We believe that you can come and explore and grow and develop yourself into God's created you to be. And But you need to know that you are welcome here. Whether you believe this stuff or not, whether you believe God's word is God's word yet. But I believe this, that if you can come into an environment where you are welcome, next thing you know, you would want to know more about what's going on in this place. I just met a woman, a prayer, and, uh, and she said, I need to tell you the story of how I started coming to the church. Uh, she said, one day in the summer, I was driving by the school, and I saw all this commotion out there. I saw these people with signs. I saw people dancing. I, saw, I was like, what is going on? It's a Sunday. Like, what is happening at the school? And she said, I had no idea it was a church. But she's like, I was so intrigued, I drove by, drove by a few more times. Because I was like, man, I'm curious. Like, what is... Go-? She's like, I went up and down the street. Like, what is happening? And she said, finally, I was like... She said, my curiosity got the best of me. She's like, I got to go in. I want to know what's happening at the school on a Sunday morning. And she said she came in, again, because she felt like, man, this is an environment. Like, I want to know what's going on. And she came in. This was in June of this, of, of this past summer. And she said, I have never stopped coming ever since. <laughs> That's, that's what we want to create here, you know. And then, and then we want people to meet Jesus. And here's why people need to meet Jesus. Because life is better with Jesus. And not only life is better with Jesus, my friends, you are better a life with Jesus. Right? You are better a life. Come on, how I many of you guys will say, man, I'm better a life because of Jesus. Right? You know, countless stories I've heard here. Of how it was because they met Jesus that now their marriage is better, parenting is better, people are handling their finances better. You know, this week we got an email, uh, another person said, you know, this church has helped me in so many areas. Like, she's like, I'm a manager at my job, and because of the messages I hear here, the principles I hear here, I'm a better manager today because I go to church and I pay attention to the, everything that God is trying to teach me. And, and listen, I'm telling you, if you pay attention, God wants to permeate every area of your life and make it better. You are better with Jesus. And then we want people to commit to Jesus. Because here's the thing. We don't believe in dating the church. Hello, somebody. We believe in committing to the church. Right? You, you, you don't want someone to just kind of flirt with your kid when they're old enough to be dating. Right? You want someone who is serious about taking them and, 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 and respecting them and loving them and reverencing them. And then saying, like, I'm in this thing for the long haul. Come on. We need people who are committed to Jesus. Not just flirt with Jesus. Right? And so baptism is when you go public now with your declaration. It's when you tell the whole world, man, look, Jesus has taken the old and has become, as he's starting to do a new me in me. And, and it's so awesome that we've baptized 361 people because every life matters. Every single person is a testimony that God is good and he's faithful. And then guess what? We're doing it again next Sunday. We're going to baptize more people. And then we want... Everyone to join the mission. You know, Jesus compared the church to a body. He said, the church is like a living body, right? Your body right now is doing so much. That's why you're tired. You're like, why am I always tired? Your body's working to keep you healthy. 
Did you know this? You shed skin, you shed, you know, cells, and you reproduce new ones, like, all the time. That's why you're like, why am I always so tired? Well, your body's, like, making sure that you'll stay alive, right? But your body is, is a structure. Did you know that? Your body is a structure of, of muscles and bones and blood and veins and tendons and brain, and all this stuff works together. And Jesus is like, that's how I want the body to be. That there is a function for everyone in my house. That's why we don't believe in coming to church. We believe in being the church. Yeah. Right? And so we believe that you should join a team. Today, we have over 300 people on a team. And that's how this church is so amazing. Because we have people who say, hey, I'm part of the body. And I need to do my part in contributing to the well-being of this body. Because a body that's not active is dying. Basically. Right? And if you're here and you can hear my voice, guess what? God wants you to join the mission of the body and do something. And in two weeks, we have another class. And so we would love to have you. If you've been coming, you're like, this is the church I want to be part of. Well, then come and join and be part of it. Can I tell you something? The reason why I was so blessed, I believe with all my heart that I'm so glad we didn't have a building from the beginning. I'm telling you, I am so glad. Because he forced our hand to take ownership. I remember when it was 35 of us, I'm like, listen, there's only 35 of us, everybody needs to do something. Like, there's no room for anybody to slack. We, we can't afford it, right? And it was so cool because we started saying things like, if you're not serving, you're not living. You know, and, and it caught on because we heard people say, man, when you go to that church, if you're not serving, man, you feel out of place. And we're like, great, that means we're doing something. That means, like, everybody understands, like, everybody needs to be doing their part in making this church what it needs to be. You know, we, we started with one trailer. And I remember the day that I was like, hey, in order for us to do this, we need a trailer. And we need equipment. And one family was like, hey, we'll take the trailer. We'll drive the trailer back and forth. I'm like, awesome. You know, and they became the people that drove the trailer for two, three years. And now, down the years, we've added a second trailer. And we have more people who drive the trailer. Shout out to all of you who drive the trailers. Because this stuff doesn't just show up. Right? There's people who show up at 7 in the morning to set up this place. Shout out to all our people who set up and break down every week. You guys are awesome. I'd rather hang out with you than hang out with that guy who knows all the Bible verses but doesn't help anything. He doesn't do anything. I'd rather have you who doesn't know any Bible verse but you know, hey, I need to be doing something with my hands. I need to help somebody. Then the guy was like, yeah, let me tell you about... Yeah, yeah, but you don't do anything, so... So, how about you put your Bible to action? <laughs> oh, man, if I offended you, good. Serve. We want everyone to have a support system. That's our crews. Did you know this? Jesus started a crew of 12 people. And they spent three years together. And when Jesus went back to heaven, those 12 people are the reason Christianity is alive today. Right? They took it seriously and then they reproduced more and more crews. There was a point in church history where they didn't have buildings. So they would meet in homes. Right? And then they would go to the synagogue, but the synagogue kicked them out because they were like, you guys believe in that Jesus, so you can't be here anymore. Right? It's amazing to me. When you read this church history, man, they went through a lot. They were persecuted by the Jews and then they were persecuted by the Romans. 
They were caught between these two people. Like they could, they didn't belong with the Jews anymore. And the Romans thought they were weird. And so here they are in the middle. But guess what? Man, they love Jesus so much. They never stopped believing and preaching and, and believing and preaching and rescuing people. That Christianity, it is what it is today because of crews. We need more crews of people who will do life together, who will pray together, who will study the Bible together, and then to do the mission of God together. I'm telling you, the bigger we get, the easier it is to just be a face in the crowd. Right? And we don't want that. We want everyone to feel connected somewhere. We want everyone to know like, hey, if I'm struggling with something, I have a crew that I can reach out to and they can pray for me. If someone's in a hospital, I can't get to everybody. We have over a thousand people. But guess what? If you have a crew, the crew can go and pray with the people that are in a hospital for you. They can do life with you. So that's the model that Jesus gave us to follow. And so listen, if you don't hear anything else today on your way in, you got a little crew card. My friends, all I want for this anniversary is for you to join a crew. That's all I want. Right? Because I know the benefits of it. I know how it's going to strengthen your faith. I know how it's going to build friendships. I know how it's going to give you perspective when you know there are other people that are going through the same things you're going through. And that you, you have the strength in numbers, my friends. Right? And we made sure there's a crew for every single person. If you look at this card, look, there's, there's co-ed crews, there's men crews, women crew, couples crews, youth and young adults, different topics. Right? Some crews, all they do is talk about the message on Sunday, how we can apply it to our lives and questions about it. Because we can't ask questions like this. We'd be nuts if we did. Uh, can get out of hand. Uh, fist fights and stuff in church. We don't need that. But you can fight in your crews if you want to. Um, <laughs> We have a new believers crew. If you're new to church and Christianity, you're like, man, I, where do I start? Well, we have a crew for that, right? I wrote a little book just for new believers so they can begin to understand what it means to follow Jesus. Look, we have Celebrate Recovery crew for people who are battling drug addiction and alcohol and things of that nature. We have a crew. It's judgment-free. We see so many people come through that crew and feel like their lives are new. God has transformed them. Look, marriage crews. Single moms, crews, parenting, and then there's some crews who, who study different, uh, different Christian living books, you know. And listen, can I, can I just, I've been doing this quick plug every Sunday, I'm going to do it again. If I'm single, I'm going to a co-ed crew because, because I'm like, Jesus might give me two crews. I'm just saying. See, I got more faith than you do for you. You know what I mean? I'm saying like, let's go to crews and be like, Jesus... I'm here for two crews. I pray by the time this 10 weeks goes by, I walk away with two crews. You know, I'm sowing in your future. Come on, somebody. Join the crew. Never know what God's going to do. But you got to take a step of faith. And I know it's a little bit intimidating and challenging to, to join some people that maybe you've never seen before. But listen, we got to start somewhere. You know, and, and here's my thing. If you find a crew that you like... I pray you stay there for the rest of your life until Jesus takes you home, right? If you don't like the crew, join a different one. But you got three weeks. I told the crew, if someone doesn't show up to your crew week two, don't get upset. They didn't like it. It's fine. We need to, people need to go where they feel like, okay, I, 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 can, I get it here. And, and I want to take a moment to just, just really quick uh, help you see some of the crew leaders so maybe you can put some face to, the, to this crew card. So if you're leading a crew this season, can you stand up for a second? Can you, if you're leading a crew, just stand for a second. I want the church to see you. You know. So... 
So there's one for you. My friends, all I want for Christmas, this anniversary, is for you to join a crew. Okay? I would feel so much better knowing that, man, you're not, you're not just coming on Sunday morning, but you're connected. You're plugged in somewhere because I know life is better together. Can you say amen? Okay. So today after service, uh, when, I, when I see you and you say, happy anniversary, Pastor, I'm going to say, did you join the crew yet? I did that first service. It was awesome. People were like, uh, yeah, go join right now. Like, you know, happy anniversary to us. Let's join a crew. Let's do life together. Amen. Amen. And, and, and of course, we reach out. We serve the city. As you saw, we've done 180 serve the city outreaches in five years. We've touched thousands of lives. You know, the shelter, when they need something, you know what they do? They call us. They're like, we, we know you, you always support us, whatever you, we need. And they call us. Veterans House just sent us a letter thanking us for what we do uh, in the city. And, and in February, uh, we want to clap, let's do that. This February, we're, we're launching uh, Serve the City twice a month. Because we want to make room for more people to be able to join. So this is going to be first and third of the month. Listen, you don't know how awesome this thing is until you actually do it. Right? When you're there, you, Jesus is there with us. You know, when we're seeing these lives being changed and transformed. And then eventually, we pray that you don't keep this stuff to yourself. You reproduce. A disciple makes disciples. Okay? You cannot give what you don't have. But if you have it, you want to give it. We want more and more people to experience this. Your testimony is powerful because it's unique. And some people need to hear your story. Some people I will never reach, but you will. That's why we do this together. You know, some people, I will never know what they're going through, but you do. And I believe this with all my heart. Wherever you are right now, you are there for a reason. Pay attention to what God wants to do, not just in your life, but what does he want to do through your life? Because you're supposed to reproduce. We're supposed to see more and more people get saved and know Jesus. And then how cool it'd be if, if this thing's happened and then there's, there's always a cycle happening. New people coming in, getting saved and getting blessed, baptized, serving. And then they, they go and reach more people and reach more people and reach more people and reach more people. That's the goal. And it doesn't have to be in this order. Like today, if this is your first time, you're like, it's my first time. What do I do? Join a crew. I've only been coming for three weeks. What should I do? Join a crew. I've been coming for like since 2015. What should I do? Join a crew. I started coming like two weeks ago. Join a crew. Okay. Tell, tell your neighbor. All you got to do today is join a crew. Just tell your neighbor right now. All you got to do today is join a crew. Because we don't want you to do life alone. And we don't want life to be just about you. He said, if you are in Christ, you're new. But also you want others to know him. That's why one of our taglines is church for the unchurched. There's a lot of people who have ruled out church because they've had bad experiences or church just really didn't meet their needs. And we want to be a church that's always thinking about new people. Always thinking about how can we reach more people. And that's, that's Jesus' heart. There was a group of religious people in Jesus' time called the Pharisees. They were, they were the main denomination of the time. And they used to control the temple. And, and, and people, you know, had respect for them or fear them. Because they, 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 they thought you should have, you know, the right living meant like keeping 650 laws. It was so exhausting to keep one, never mind 600. And Jesus came on the scene and started hanging out with people that they didn't approve of. 
And they were like, wait, if you're so holy and, and such a man of God, why would you have this group of people around you? And who, look at Jesus' response to that. And I pray this is our heart as a church. Look what Jesus said. Jesus over here and shot back. Who needs a doctor? The healthy or the sick? Go figure out what this scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite outsiders, not cuddle insiders. My friends, that will preach. The battle with church is that over time, we become less concerned with the unchurch. And we make it about ourselves. Nothing drives me more crazy when people say, here's what I'm looking for in a church. It's like, what does Jesus look for in the church? No one ever says, I, I want to find a church that loves to reach the lost. I want to find a church that goes into tent city and, and helps people with no strings attached. I want to find a church that goes to the shelter and just, and just helps people. I want to find a church that goes, listen, one of the guys that I saw today, first service, gave him a big hug. He's like, remember, I was in jail three weeks ago. You guys came. That's why I'm here, because you guys came. That's why I'm here. Oh, wait. He's here right now. Stand up, man, so they know. That's the kind of church we want to be. Church who invites the outsiders to say, no, God loves you and he's for you and he has a plan for your life. doesn't matter what you've done. The old is gone. The new has come. God is doing a new thing in your life. I don't want to be a church that coddle insiders. Don't do it. We are fine. Okay. Did we offend you today? Oh, I'm so sorry. Are you comfortable? Do you have everything you need? No, my friends, there's no, that's boring. That's religion. We're here to do more and believe God for more. Well, we want to develop warriors in the spirit. People who know how to fight for their families, fight for their city, fight for the right things. You know, Jesus didn't die for us to come and sit. Jesus died for us to come and serve. He, he actually says, he said, I came for you to die to yourself so you can actually live. Listen, the more you live for yourself, the more dead you are. But the more you live for Jesus, the more alive you become. That's the goal. And I tell you, man, the future looks awesome. The future looks bright with this building that we're in the process of building. The goal is not a building. It's a headquarters. That we'll be able to do more for the glory of God. Did you know we're going to have a food pantry that's going to serve hundreds of people every single week? You know. I tell you, there's so much more that God wants to do with this church. Locally, internationally. You know, this year we're sending two teams on a mission strip. A team is going to Kenya to go visit those orphans that we help every month in a few months. You know. And we got another team going to a different orphanage in Haiti in October. And last week, we just sowed a seed into another nation. In 2020, we're going to Honduras and do a mission trip in Honduras. And we believe in every year we add it. I'm already believing in 2021, we'll go to Cape Verde. I want to I wanna go to Cape Verde because that's my people. But we believe there's so much more that God wants to do. But I'm believing in 2020, we're going to have our first campus in Taunton, Massachusetts. We're, we're going to keep adding. We're going to keep building. We're going to keep believing God 
for more. Because God wants to do more than we can imagine or think. Come on, God is awesome and he wants to do more than we can imagine or think. But I'm telling you, it happens when we're all in it. It takes a village, my friends. It takes a village. It takes a group of people who say, God, I am who you're talking about. My life belongs to you, Jesus. I am this new person. You're building me slowly but surely. I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. But I'm willing to do my part to see you do what only you can do in this region, in this region that we call the South Coast. Amen. And so today I want to end, friends, by appealing to you who believe this is your church. If you're new, this maybe is not for you. But if you believe this is your church, like God has sent you here, today, my friends, we're going to end by renewing our vows to him. I don't know if you know this, but when Jesus said this, Jesus said that his church is like his bride. Like, he said, I died for my bride, committed the cross. Like, you can't doubt Jesus' love. Just look at a cross. He says, that's how much I love you. Right? That I'm willing to sacrifice my life so you can have life. Right? And so, and so as a bride of Christ today, I, I'm praying together we're going to renew our vows to him. To say, Lord, we want to do our part. We want to do our part. You didn't just brought me here for me. You brought me here to be part of a greater vision. A new normal in my region, in my family, my friends and loved ones. And so I love this saying. There's a pastor in Louisiana. I love his southern accent. He says, you is the church. I love that, right? I love that because what he's saying is you, plural, yeah. is the church. And I love he says is on purpose because yeah. he's saying, oh, it's one body. It's one body. It's many parts, but you is the church. You don't go to church. That should be our next shirt, by the way. You is. The ch- Find a way to translate that. You is the church. And I pray we get this in the mindset like, I don't go to church. I am the church. I pray we, we never say, oh, that church, no, our church, our church is doing these things, and I am a part of it, and I'm doing my part to see God do his thing. So today, I want us to renew our vows. Would you stand with me as we renew our vows? If this is your church, would you lift your hands to the Lord today and begin to say, Lord, I, I'm in. Jesus, I want to be all in. I want to do my part. So before we renew our vows, I just want you to pray real quick in your heart. Jesus, be my leader and Savior all over again. Be my leader and Savior all over again. I don't want to be on the sidelines watching. I want to contribute. I want to do my part. You is the church. Together we can do more. Together we accomplish more. And there's so much more that God wants to do. He just needs willing vessels. He just people who are willing to sacrifice, to serve. So together, I want you to look at this vow. We're going to say it together. I want you to repeat after me. Again, you got to mean it from your heart. It's got to be real that you want this. Because Jesus goes straight to the heart. He goes straight to the heart. But if, you're, if you believe this is your church, say this vow with me. Could you say, I, I, I will pray for the mission and unity of my church. I will give my time, my talent, and my treasure to build my church. 
And I will invite the unchurch. So, Father, we pray together right now that there is a renewal of vow that's taking place. God, we're renewing our vows for the next five. God, I pray that each and every one of us will be a contributor in this house. I pray that this year there's a deeper ownership of our, of our hearts to you, Lord. God, I pray that like you told Peter, you tell us today, I will build my church through you, and the gates of hell will not prevail. So Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us today and give us a fresh love for your church, a fresh desire for your church, fresh passion and love to serve you with the whole heart, mind, and soul. I pray you, God, give us compassion for the unchurched, Lord. Give us a passion to serve people, to love people, to help people, Lord. Father, we want to be your church in this region, Lord. Father, we declare today that you is the church of Jesus Christ. And by the power of your spirit, we're going to see much, much, much fruit this year. In Jesus' name, if you believe God, would you give him some praise today? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.